0: What's up and welcome to the Formula E podcast, your true source of Formula E. Oh, I'm excited to do this as always. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing lovely. And if it's not going well for you... Take it to the Lord in prayer. My name is Homer Ruth and I host the show. Welcome to today's episode. Now, I think yesterday I did an episode on the race, the very first race of the season seven Formula E World Championship that took place in Diriyah, Saudi Arabia. And today I'm going to cover the second race, which is round two that happened in Diriyah, Saudi Arabia. It just happened last night and I'm going to give you all the details of practice and a So much more, so sit back, relax, and let's do this. Sorry for interrupting the show, but hey, here's the thing. If you love Formula One, I also have a podcast that covers Formula One. The name of the podcast is ZF1 Amateur, and you can find it on any podcasting platform, just like you found Formula E podcast. So just go to your favorite podcasting platform or just type in Google ZF1 Amateur podcast and you'll be sure to listen in. So a lot happens in racing and round 2 in Saudi Arabia was not short of that. There was a lot of news that was going on. There were some scary things that happened both to the drivers and to the area as well. And we're going to cover that. So let's start off with practice so i watched a little bit of practice it was normal practice session um you know how formula e does everything in like such a short time that's something i'm getting used to because in formula one you do like one day you do practice and next day you do practice then qualifying and then the race is on another day whereas when it comes to formula E, you literally have everything almost in one day or two days so it's quite um compact, I should say. But practice went well, I should say, until the end of the very start of practice when Eduardo Motara, my favorite driver from round one, if you listen to the first podcast, you knew that, drove into the wall at the end of the free practice. Now, what happened is that his car failed to stop and then ended up driving straight into the walls in turn 18. It was not a good side i should say because he just came just imagine him you know him in this in this venturi racing car coming straight you know from a straight and then driving instead of you know turning he just drove straight into a barrier that was in turn 18. now good thing is the barrier was protective enough and it didn't bounce him back so he just remained in there and the other good news is that he was safe he was taken to hospital immediately and he had his scans done and he said afterwards that he does still feel a little bit of pain but hopefully that goes away now after that incident that was during the practice session the fia carried out an investigation that saw all the former mercedes cars not participating in qualifying and those mercedes cars were of course the venturi racing cars that was the one for eduardo motara and norman nato as well as the mercedes eq cars which were belonged to Van Vandoorne and nick devries so those cars had to miss out on qualifying because they were being investigated and i do appreciate that that happened of course it's, sometimes it's a gut Is it a gut? It's a kick in the gut for like a fan and you're like, oh, I wish I could see my team, you know, drive down and participate and all that. But the thing is, I always say this when it comes to motorsport, safety comes first. I know we love it because it's entertaining, but the safety of the drivers comes first. So all the cars, all the Mercedes-powered cars had to be investigated and checked to see whether they were safe. Because the reason as to why Eduardo Motara crashed into that tan, crashed into that barrier on the wall was because... He had a rare braking fail-safe system failure, so his braking kind of failed, not kind of failed, it failed and then caused him to crash. So it only made sense for all cars powered by the same engine to be checked and just to make sure that both of them are safe. Now, they ended up not qualifying in the race, Eduardo Motaro ended up not qualifying because... Yes, eventually he was clear to qualify because he was taken to the hospital, was checked and all that, but the team couldn't fix the car just in time. This is what amuses me about Formula E. If it was Formula 1, practice could be like, what, on Friday and then qualifying on Saturday so the team would have enough time to fix the car, but in Formula E, you literally have an hour and a half between qualifying and the race itself, an hour and a half or two hours or even less, so it's a lot of work for a team to fix the car immediately and they ended up not being able to do that so he missed out on that pretty sad because you know he did so well in round one in diria i did a podcast on that you can check the channel oh by the way subscribe to the channel rate it and review it it helps a lot because he did well he was my best driver in round one the overtakes were beautiful i praised him for that and he finished on the podium boy he was just amazing and at the end of practice this is what happens but yeah we're glad that he's safe. We're glad that it's safe. Now, when we moved on to the race itself, I forgot to tell. When we moved on to the race itself, actually, Robin Fryens, I had been pronouncing his, rom- his name wrong all the time. I used to call him Frigens because it's spelled as F-R-I-J-N-S, but it's Robin Fryens. Robin Fiennes qualified in pole, his very first pole of the season. Wow, congratulations to him. And it was exciting to see because that's what I love about Formula E. In that previous race, Robin Fiennes finished 17th. And if you were just watching Formula E for the first time, you'd think he's a mediocre driver because he finished there. But this time around, he takes pole position, and you're going to see how well he performed at the end of the podcast. So yes, Robin fines qualified on pole in the qualifying um, session, and this is how the cars. This is how the race started. The car on pole was Robin fine 's car number two was sambad i told you saudi arabia is sambad's territory it's just his thing and i talked about it last episode he has literally been on pole most of the races in saudi arabia so friends on pole sambad behind him Sete Kamara number comes in in p3 olive Tavi comes in in p4 bloomkist P five, Nico P six, uh, Jean Eric Van P seven, Sebastian Buemi P eight, Antonio Felix da Costa P nine, Nick Cassidy P ten, Max Gunter P eleven uh lucas degrassi p12 i'm starting to give up on lucas um oliver roland p13 alexander sims p14 uh jake dennis p15 pascal whirling p16 ren rust p17 nick Devries, the man of the race last um the previous round one p18 uh, Mitch Evans P19, Alex Lin P20, Stoffel Van Dorn P21, Norman Nacho P22, and Andre, Andre Flotterer in P23. Now, I really felt that's how the grid started in the race. Now, I read there's some people I feel like, oh, why are they this far behind? Stoffel Van I don't know why he's this far behind. Now, if that's what happened even last season, I feel like okay Stoffel was doing great last season but it, it was at the end of the season that he won a race and then we're all excited again and now we're beginning the season and it's kind of like oh I feel like a bit hopeless but hopefully he picks up in the next round in Rome so it would be exciting and then another person I talked about Lucas Grassi, starting in 12th position it's a bit disappointing I don't know why I feel like he should be in top four but each time that this happens I'm starting to know give up on that but yeah another person to watch is sam bad he just flies he flies just like his name the bad anyway now the race began four minutes into the race nikomola was already overtaking bloomkist and took the fifth position from bloomkist that bloomkist had before i'd been pronouncing his name wrong as well I used to read it as Blumkvist, but it's Bloomkist. So Nicomula overtook Bloomkist and ended up in fifth position. Then Jean Eric Van as well. A few minutes later also went past Bloomkist to take the sixth. The sixth sport, pushing Bloomkist into the seventh sport. And all this way, I was like, what is going on with this guy? And then Antonio Felix da Costa also went past Bloomkist, pushing him to the eighth position and moving da Costa to the seventh position. And that was kind of a bummer. From fifth position, he was dropping positions like it was water going through his hands. I don't know. I feel bad. And then still, still in the race, the race happened. You know, laps and laps and laps around. I told you a Formula E race is 45 minutes plus a lap so we're going rounds and rounds and rounds and round there's a lot of turns in this on this circuit a lot of corners in this circuit and by the way i also had news that there was a ballistic missile that was intercepted at Riyadh. there's news that a patriot missile intercepted rockets aimed at Riyadh. now diria is in the is it the north or the the north or Yes, the north of Riyadh. So, and there were actually pictures of, you know, some sort of lighting in the sky, which freaked me out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought... I don't know why I thought that um, Demia would... I still think... I don't know. But I really don't know anyway. But I thought it was a safer place for them to race. Because I was going to compare it to Formula 1, but Formula 1 races in Abu Dhabi. But yeah... Wow, it was, for me, it freaked the life out of me because there was literally pictures of a miss uh, um some sort of lighting in the sky. And there was news going around that a missile was intercepted, um, a missile that was aimed at Riyadh was intercepted. And that's very scary for, you know, for everybody, not just motorsports fans, but the citizens there, the people living there, the tourists for humanity there. I hope it gets safe and I hope that they are safer. And um, Formula E just finished their business there, I hope so, because the next place we're going to is Rome. Anyway, 17 minutes left on the clock and Da Costa was already in third place. That was very, very impressive. The champion winner of last season has been doing, was doing pretty great this race. So he was already in third place ahead of Jean-Eric Vaughan, Sete Kamara, Nico Mola Nick Cassidy, and Sebastian Buemi. I still have to say Nick Cassidy was doing pretty, pretty good this race because in the first one, the first round in, in um, Saudi Arabia, he wasn't that very impressive. This time around, he started in P10, and he was now moving up ahead. Just not too much, but just a little bit, and it was in bad then anyway a few minutes on the two dst cheaters were racing against each other you guys if you've watched formula one it was like nico Rosberg and Lewis hamilton but <laughs> just that they didn't actually crash into each other i'm sorry i keep bringing formula one references but i love both spots so yeah that's my thing so yes jean eric van and, and antonio felix de costa they were on each other's necks. i will tell you that because there was a point when they you could see both of them on track and I think was it someone over the radio was like, Boys, breathe, breathe. <laughs> they literally wanted they didn't want to take each other out, but they wanted to be number one, all of them, and that couldn't happen because you also need you can only have one number one and you can also have another number two. Anyway, and a few minutes on, the thankfully the, 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 the DST to cheaters didn't actually crash into each other. But a few minutes on, this is when it started going, hey where. Said it hey, or bad? It started going bad. Now, um, what happened, I stand to be corrected, is this. So, Gunter had some sort of lock-up. That's what the commentators said. He had some sort of lock-up and ended up hitting Blumkist. I don't know what happened to Bloomkist this race, but it definitely wasn't his race. And he hit Bloomkiss and then somehow... Bloomkiss seemed to continue on ahead of um, Ganta, and then Ganta came into this turn. I don't know what's the name of the turn, but just imagine a straight. So um, Ganta has a look up, hits Bloomkiss, Bloomkiss continues, and then Ganta kind of spin doesn't spin, but does a turn, like kind of a left turn, and ends up coming slowly to the wall. Now there's debris on the ground, and his um, his front is kind of messed up. So he slows down and kind of comes gently to the side, to the wall, Um, hitting the wall gently that was a gentle hit now a few seconds later so this wasn't shown on live tv i don't know why probably because formula is just new and maybe they're you know going to better up and do this whole camera setup thing better but see what happened so ganta is now just on the corner there's a corner He's just there on the wall. His rear is kind of messed up and there's debut on the ground. And then from all of a sudden, we hear, uh, just from behind us, we hear it was between um, Mitch Evans and Jaguar trying was fighting for 14th place with Alex Lynn for Mahindra. And what happened, according to Mitch Evans, um, Alex got caught up in his rear. So he got caught up in his rear, and then they were racing close towards the wall. So Alex was caught up in Mitch's rear as well as with the wall, and he just ended up flying, literally flying, honestly, because even Mitch Evans described it as an airplane kind of crash. So he ended up flying, and then his car was turned upside down, and he skated. So his car just flipped upside down and came back onto the asphalt, and it skated, it slid across the asphalt straight through this turn where Ganta was packed. It didn't touch Ganta, but it skidded or skated straight through up to the end of that corner. That corner had like some sort of barrier wall and the cars were actually branching up to the corner. So he skidded straight there. It was scary because there was red sparks coming off the car. And at this moment is when people are like, oh my God, thank God for the halo. Because if that halo wasn't on, then it would have been Alex Lin's head that was actually skating across, you know, the asphalt and creating those sparks, which would have been more, more injury. So thank God, because it was a halo. According to what I saw, it was the halo that was actually skating the halo on the rest of the car. And I think his head was just probably less than an inch off the ground. And it was just rolling through um, the asphalt with all these sparks coming off. It was horrible it was horrible at those moments is when i'm like i feel sad for these people i feel sad for their families but um the good news is and immediately that happened i think it was like on the 26th lap 27th lap in the race and immediately that happened mitch evans actually drove straight towards. he came driving straight towards alex Lynn and got out of the car and tried you know wanted to help him which showed a very human I'm not saying he didn't have a human side, but it just showed more compassion from him. The fact that he would actually pause his race and, you know, stop and be like, I have to check on him. Because you guys, he really, the car was upside down. And he was just racing upside down in a car with, you know, sparks coming off. It was horrible. But yeah, so uh, the red flag was brought out. The session was stopped. And um Alex was rushed to the hospital. He did scans and he did every precautionary measure that had to be taken was taken with him and news came out that he's actually doing fine and that he's safe but it was a horrible crash and oh i feel i pray that he recovers faster and that he gets better and um i pray that he's well i pray that he's well because it was horrible it was horrible because people were comparing it to the crash we saw in formula one of um um, what's this guy romango jean but the, <laughs> i feel like i can't it, it's not about com- um you know describing whose crush was worse or whose crush wasn't worse but i just feel like those are two different crushes and alex oh my gosh i pray he's well because i just kept thinking oh my god his head his head his head oh thank god we have the halo the halo is that part or in front of it if you look at a formula e car when the driver sits in the cockpit, that thing that is just round their forehead and has a strip coming down to the car, it protects him. Apparently, it can even hold the weight of a double decker bus on it, so it protects him. And I thank God it was there because he protected, cause it protected. Because when he was skidding on the asphalt, that that it was the halo that was skidding on it, not his head. So, whoosh! I don't know. And remember the previous race, and uh, I think Alex Lean and um, he got, who did he? Crashed into and end up not finishing the race. Yes, it was somebody. Um, so Alex Lynn kind of pushed somebody into the wall and they end up not finishing the race. And now this has also happened. So I just pray he gets well, both physically and uh, emotionally. I pray that he's well. Now the race was stopped because of that. And um, it, uh, by the way, I'm going. I'm here to find out how long a Formula E race is. Okay, I know it takes place for 45 minutes and a lap, but the whole session. Because um, again, I'm going to compare it to Formula One. I am so sorry, I'm not much at this. But in Formula One, you do you have the session for four hours. So when Roman Grosjean had his crash, the session was stopped. The race itself was stopped for over forty-five minutes because they were clearing up. They rebuilt the barrier and all that, and then the race was able to continue because Formula One takes place for four hours. So that's the thing I want to inquire and find out how long does Formula E take place for. But I'm glad that Alex is fine. I hope. <laughs> He gets better. Anyway, now, here are the results of the race itself. Alex Lin is doing better. Eduardo Motara is also doing better. They did have their checkups. So now, interesting. Not interesting, but quite good. The fastest lap award went to Nick DeVries from Mercedes. Congratulations, Nick. He said the fastest lap of the race. And Sambad has also continued his record of winning a race every season. Congratulations to Sam, but Sam has been winning a race every season, so he's one to, you know, kind of I don't know, his he's a champion in his own right in that way. And this was his also his first win for Jaguar Racing because he ja- he just joined Jaguar Racing from after leaving Envision Virgin Racing. And Nick Cassidy, you might remember Nick Cassidy placed him at Envision Virgin Racing. I feel like that team has a very long name, but it's okay. Now the results here. <laughs> first place some bad. congratulations i say like i though he's listening um second place robin freinds third place antonio felix da costa former champion of last season will he become the very first formula e world champion i'm not sure fourth place went to Sergio sete camara fifth place nico mula sixth place Oliver Savi, seventh place Oliver Roland, well done Oliver, eighth place Lucas Degrassi, ninth place Nick DeFries, and tenth place Pascal Weyling, eleventh place Andre Lotterat. twelfth place Jean Eric Van. Quite interesting in Formula E. You win a race, and the next race you're like ninth place. That's what makes it hard, I guess. Uh, thirteenth place Stoffel Van Dorn. 14th place, Nick Cassidy. Well done. 15th place, Alexander Sims. 16th place, Norman Nato. 17th place, Rene Rush. 18th place, Tom Blick. Hmm, I've forgotten how to pronounce his name already. Tom... (laughs) (laughs) Blickseat. I pronounced it wrong, I am pretty sure. But I just forgot how to pronounce it. Anyway, that is it. He didn't have a very particularly good race. He was overtaken quite a number of times. He ended up you know, hitting, getting hit, hitting uh, Max Gunter. So it wasn't the best of his race. Now, those were the 18 drivers who finished the race. Now, the others who didn't finish, 19th place was Max Gunter, 20th, Sebastian Buemi, 21st, Mitch Evans, 22nd, Alex Lean, 23rd, Jake Dennis, 24th, Eduardo Motara, the man of, last, of the last race. I may wonder, I may ask myself, who is the man for this race? Because I kept referring to Eduardo Motara. I think the driver, the best driver for this race, I am going to go with... um, I really don't know. It's up to you. Make a choice. (laughs) I don't I don't really have a personal favorite this time. But I am still praying and hoping that Eduardo and Alex Lynn are doing fine. And um, I'm going to say the man of the day was... um, I'm going to give it to Sambad. Yeah, Sambad and Nick DeVries. I feel like they've done pretty pretty incredible job yeah that's pretty much what happened on the second round of formula e racing under the lights in saudi arabia diria to be exact and yeah i hope you enjoyed it i hope you had a good time with me until then because next time we shall meet up in rome italy can't wait to see that and until then see you remember you can find me on social media my handle is at the Formula E podcast. That's spelled as Z double Formula E podcast. See you then.